It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen, after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your regular routine. We are here for you post-draft. So thanks for making us your first stop. I'm assuming it's your first stop because where the hell else would you go for your post-draft analysis? We are the Rain and Jays, John Corral, Sam, Jam, Packard. And we are reacting to the Celtics drafting Robert Williams at 27. No Bobby one. three sticks. Bobby three sticks. <laughs> no one saw this coming. Not a single person. No well, one, one man did. One, one man saw it coming, but we'll get to that later. Praise I, be to the first I man. Should say, I should say that's correct. That is correct. When I say not a single person, that is incorrect. A single person willed this into existence. Praise Bob- be. <laughs> Robert Williams, of all people, Uh, A big man out of Texas A&M who is considered the best shot blocker in the draft, an elite rim roller, uh, a a guy that has been compared to important bigs in, in this NBA right now. So immediately, let me get your reaction, uh, Sam, who the hell saw this coming? I was prepared to talk about Kyrie Thomas, uh, somebody, Jacob Evans, you know, a three and D wing, but all of a sudden Williams just kept on falling. It was a, it was a kind of a wild, uh, wild draft because, okay, so I started this day in Lake Tahoe in Nevada and I took three flights to get back to my place in Philly and I wasn't feeling great. A little like, you don't want to be on airplanes all day. And literally as I hit my front stoop, the Woj tweet comes in and it's Robert Williams and I've been seeing the riffs man, praise be, talk about his <laughs> his thick jack frame since um, I think tweets have come up since uh, last November. And so like immediately weird Celtics Twitter just went into full effect and like I was immediately rejuvenated with just all sorts of uh, excitement and enthusiasm. And uh, they kind of you, you saw the rumblings around like pick 24 when he was still available. But I think it's a great pick. I really had zero expectations for them drafting an impact player um, with the 27th pick. Uh, you just don't expect to like get that like any really value there. Um, and that we, we have no idea what um, Robert Williams is going to turn into, but he is a freak athlete, and he's a kind of a body that the the Celtics don't have not had on their roster uh, with Brad Stevens there. And so my initial reaction is that this is just another tool in the Brad Stevens toolbox to he like he loves creating kind of crazy lineups and he likes 
being able to kind of do something different. And this, they've never really had a guy who, a big man who plays above the rim. And so, one, he's got a thick jack frame and he's a freak athlete. And I re- like immediately remembered his crazy windmill dunks from in the tournament. And so I was just, uh, it's, uh, it's exciting because that I just didn't expect there'd be that much value. Um, for the Celtics at this position, you see some reports that if he came out after his freshman year, he might have been a, a like a top ten pick. Um, a lot of people saying just immediately great value, and so I don't see how you can without knowing what's going to happen because we can't because you know the future needs to occur. But without like I think it's just a it's a if you're a Celtics fan you have to be happy right now. Before the draft, I gave the Celtics an A plus. And I'm going to stick to that grade uh, for the draft tonight. I love immediate draft grades. I've said that a million times, which is actually the opposite of what I've said. But that's fine. I'm going with that A+. I agree with that A+. To have Robert Williams fall all the way, basically, it's take the guy that's there that should have been gone it, when you look at what the locked on, because the locked on NBA network, we all had our mock drafts. So every locked on podcast made their pick, and Williams ended up going at 15 to Washington. He was way off the board before the Celtics picked at 27, and we went with Kyrie Thomas. Now, as we record this, we're doing this in the second round, and Kyrie Thomas is still on the board. But we thought. It'd be like, let's take a crack at a 3 and D wing defender. We had no idea that a potentially impactful big would be on the board at this point. The Celtics had been rumored to trade up for Mobamba, and who knows? At this point, who knows? And I I don't want to say anything that's going to be clipped and played back 10 years from now to say, hey, look what they thought. But Mobamba is potentially a very good player and Williams is also potentially a very good player. When you talk about value, what the Celtics were rumored to be doing was trading up to get Bamba, which would have required getting rid of a bunch of players and assets. Instead, they got Williams at 27 without having to give up a bunch of assets, anything they didn't get it. They didn't give up anything, which is amazing because even if he's a bust, it doesn't matter. At 27, nobody expects that pick to pan out. But now we got a guy that can be pretty good. And the biggest concern, Sam, with Williams is his motor, his desire, his this, is that. What better situation could you put him in than playing behind Al Horford? and playing for Brad Stevens and in that Celtics organization. And And playing, maybe playing next to Marcus Smart, the craziest man there is. Right. Like, that's, what better place could you be? Well, I mean, there there are other great situations, but this is an amazing situation for a guy whose biggest question marks are desire and, and all upstairs, mental. Physically, he is dominant. When you look at the, when, when the Celtics made the pick, three graphics went up on ESPN. They said physically dominant, elite shot blocker, and good rebounder. And those are things the Celtics need. So to put a guy like that whose biggest question marks are in his head 
to put a guy like that in the Celtics organization, if he can't play for the Celtics, then he'll never be able to play anywhere. And at 27, it's worth a shot. Yeah, he's if he doesn't try harder, his motor's not there. He's just not going to play. Like Brad Stevens took like bench Shane Larkin for an entire game because he didn't dive after a ball. Like so, if he wants to see the court, he's going to have to try his ass off. And so, with such a low pick, it's such a it's a, a classic like high. I don't even think it's not even a high risk. It's low risk, high reward because the Celtics have a stacked roster as it is. I mean, um, saw a tweet from Keith Smith uh, from Celtics blog saying that. This doesn't affect their desire to kind of re-sign Aaron Baines. Like he's going to have to work his ass off to even like crack the getting some playing time. So it's like even if he doesn't pan out, the Celtics already have a a great roster filled with young players right now. And so like uh, best case scenario, he's this kind of elite leaper who you can like the Celtics have have the Celtics ever thrown a, a lob to anyone other than Al Horford? Like, have they ever had, like, a pick-and-roll big who's just, like, his sole purpose is rim-running and above the rim? It's just not something that they do. They have, like, elite shot-blocking is not something that they um, have really had on their roster. So I think it's just a hot – like, there's there's so much potential there that it's it's a steal at number 27. Yeah. So, look, again, when we did the Lockdown Mock Draft, and I would recommend people go back and listen to the Lockdown Mock Draft because it's an interesting dichotomy between – what the people who observe these teams think should have happened and what actually happened in that mock draft, Washington at 15 selected Robert Williams. And we on the lockdown network got Jeremy, Jeremy Wu from sports illustrated. Who's very good to break down what these players would be. So let's listen to Jeremy Wu talk about Robert Williams. Robert Williams definitely has the talent to be a starting caliber center. You know, you look at him play, he's a very natural rim runner. You know, he'll finish above the rim. He's a very good offensive rebounder. I will catch lobs. I think the hope is that, you know, you look at the success that Clint Capella has had in a very focused role for Houston in that specific sense. And I think that Williams is a guy who is a good candidate to do a similar job in the NBA. I think teams have concerns. You know, it was weird that he skipped the combine, not being a guaranteed, you know, top pick. Uh, I think that, you know, there's always always the concerns about his motor, how badly he wants to be great. Um, I think that's what will ultimately lead to him falling in the draft a little bit. I think it's possible he slips out of the lottery. Uh, but honestly, anywhere in that range of the draft, I think he's good value if you think that you can develop him. Uh, you know, he does have the tools that are really appealing. Uh, and I think there's a chance that he ends up being a guy where you're scratching your head, you know, if he maximizes his talent and, and he goes to the right situation where it's like, why didn't we try that? NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, when you mention Clint Capella, in if if Robert Williams becomes Clint Capella for the Celtics, then to me that's game over. That's exactly what the Celtics w- would need. They've got a ton of wings. They've got if if they keep everybody and don't go crazy with uh, an offseason trade, which I don't think they will now. They have a bunch of wings, a bunch of guys who can hit shots that can spread the floor. You can you can put a guy like Williams on the floor now and if he can be a Capella light, even half of what Capella is, he can be a guy that can go out there block shots, set picks, roll to the rim. The floor is spread. Now you have room to throw lobs and you have a guy to capitalize on the defense if you have Kyrie, Hayward, Tatum, and Horford out there, or Jalen Brown out there. Any mix of four shooters and a guy like Williams, then you have the opportunity for somebody to just basically body blow the defense. You have to react to something. If you've got a guy that's rolling to the rim and constantly catching lobs or, or offensive rebounds, then that just... You, it forces the defense to pack in, and then your three-point shooters can throw knockout punches. And on top of it, if he is anywhere near the shot blocker that he was in college, then he triggers a ton of transition offense. It, I'm not expecting this in a year, but two, three, four years from now, here's a guy that can be as impactful as Clint Capella. And I think Clint Capella is the absolute key to the Houston offense because he forces reactions and and just makes the three-point shooters that much more dangerous. This this is, to me, if he is even close to that, even if he's halfway there, that's huge value at 27. That's amazing. Yeah, and I think you're right that I don't think it's going to happen immediately for Robert Williams just because it's going to be hard for him to get playing time and he's still kind of raw and young. And we saw with Clint Capella, he's a guy who spent some time in the D League. Um, he really had to like work on his game for a number of years before he could become an impactful player. But when you have the kind of the freakish athleticism and, um, to borrow a phrase, the thick Jack frame, it's just like you you can't you can't teach that stuff. Like that stuff is just inherent to him. And so you're right. The the thing that Brad Stevens mentioned early in his press conference talking about Rob Williams was like playing those four shooters around him and just being able to throw lobs up to him. And his athleticism is very helpful on the defensive end. Um, you mentioned the blocks, but he's also just quick enough to be able to kind of switch out onto guards and not necessarily stay in front of them, but have the catch up speed to still impact the shot. And so I, it's going to be fascinating to see how much time he gets. Um, both, I think, I think he's going to get some time in, in Maine with the Red Claws just to get him 
playing a bunch of minutes, but also how much he gets on the uh, with the Celtics. Because for for your rookie and you play on the Celtics uh, under Brad Stevens, you're gonna you have to play defense, and that's really one of his strongest points. And he he can with his just size and athleticism, he can come in and make a defensive impact um, almost immediately. So uh, Max Lederman just tweeted this out, but summer league. With the front front lineup of Ojale Yabusele and Robert Williams the third, oh my God, that's a that's a strong that goal lineup. That is going to be amazing. I'm so excited for summer league right now. I didn't think I was going to be. I, I'm we're we're going to summer league, and I was like, oh, the Celtics aren't really going to have anyone. Tatum's clearly not going to play. But now, I'm telling you, I, I was I was feeling down. I was feeling a little bit sick from flying all the way from Tahoe, and then just boom, Robert Williams pops up onto my boom. screen and. It, rejuvenized immediately rejuvenized is that a word rejuvenated it's nope rejuvenized is the word now uh damn right it is i just got my shipment from bnh photo and video i've got a bunch of podcasting equipment we are ready to roll for summer league i've got microphones i've got cables i've got everything we have learned from our past i've got everything ready to go we're I've been mapping out construction sites in Vegas uh, or where we can record next to. It's going to be great. I got a jackhammer on sale so we can just run it behind you when you're when you're talking. Only when you're talking. So this is going to be a totally authentic experience for, for fans. But no, Summer League is going to be amazing. Williams is going to be just, uh, I, I think, a monster in Summer League. But eventually, when you're talking about a guy who can defend the rim, Looking at what currently faces the Celtics in front of them, that that that's going to be super super important. So uh, let's give the shout out to Weird Celtics Twitter and the Archbishop of Weird Celtics Twitter, the Riffs man, who has been posting about Williams since he saw Williams doing pull ups with a chain around his neck. <laughs> Literally since last November, November 22nd, 2017, he's saying that they should draft Robert Williams because he's a 6'9 Marcus Smart. Like that is wild. And he's like, that's been his, uh, he does a, a podcast with um, Cosmos, who's a, I don't even know his real name, but he's a NBA draft expert. And he's like the entire season, the Riffs man has been talking about Robert Williams. And for this to like actually come in, like we joke a lot about posting things into existence, but this is like the first, like this is, he did this it. is insane. He did it. He posted it into existence and watching him as the picks kind of ticked on down. Uh, it, it, amazing. Amazing. Hey, Robert Williams is the second most trending uh, name on Twitter in the United States. So that that's huge. And the riffs man made that happen. He tweeted that he posted that into existence. Shout out to him. Shout out to Terry Rozier. Who, oh yeah. <laughs> during a bleacher report, live broadcast, live, whatever it was, FaceTime to Danny Ainge while the clock was ticking. The goddamn clock is ticking. No, it was it wasn't even the Celtics pick yet. It was still the Sixers pick. <laughs> He's like, "Hey Danny, uh, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I'd love to tell you." No, okay, I get it. Uh, and he doesn't let Danny Ainge know that no. he's on Bleacher Report no, live stream. No, not at all. Not at all. And then Danny Ainge just lets it drop. He's like, "Oh, we're gonna get Bob Williams." So first of all, we're calling him Bob. It's Bob. His name's oh, Bob. Yeah. So 
for all of your meme and tweeting purposes, it's Bob Williams. And so, but Terry Rozier, first of all, shouts to Danny Ainge for immediately just busting Rozier's balls. It's like, well, of course we're going to draft a point guard just to bust Rozier's (laughs) balls because that's Danny Ainge. You remember Danny Ainge back in, like, was it 84 when uh, in the finals? And he's going around in the locker room. There's video of this. Game seven's coming up, and Danny Ainge is walking around the locker room with a stethoscope, putting it on players' chests to see who has heart going into game seven. That's who Danny Ainge is. So Danny Ainge is a ball buster through and through, first and foremost. So when Terry Rozier calls him up and says, who you're drafting, he's like, yeah, I'm drafting a point guard. (laughs) Immediately. First thing he says. Without hesitation. It's amazing. So. It's such a bold move by Tito, and um, got to give shouts to Tito for the uh, awesome floral uh, Hawaiian shirt that he was wearing during that <laughs> live broadcast. Um, but that was just an extremely hilarious video. Like he basically, he the, like the pick came out. He said that while the Sixers were still on the clock, and it's just like that's a bold move. And so um, that's wonderful. It's just like all the all the great moments of weird Celtics Twitter of like. The Riffs man being um, a, a savant and, and knowing no, knowing what was going to happen. Terry being extremely online. And then immediately the people of Weird Celtics Twitter going back to Bob Williams' Twitter, uh, old tweets, and just tweeting weird things. He already has an Earth is, he already has an Earth is flat tweet. Yes, he <laughs> like, does. That's awesome. There's, there's so much good stuff in there. It's just like, oh, man, it's fan. It just brings a smile to my face. It's wonderful this is, stuff. This is the best draft ever. And, look, I'm even comparing that to the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown drafts. <laughs> this is the best draft ever. Like, just considering expectations and the weirdness around it, this is the best. And what makes it even better is Woj throwing middle fingers to ESPN. ESPN says, oh, uh, well, ES, uh, ESPN reporters will not be telling people who is being drafted. So Woj just drops, like, zero, zeroing in on the Celtics were – tantalized by Robert Williams. Other other teams were enamored with players. Um, I like my favorite was has a laser on. <laughs> or uh, unlikely to resist. Adam Kaufman actually put out a list of the quotes that the uh, of the of the words that Woj used. Zeroing in on was used twice, focused on and locked in on were used three times. Also used Taking shape, prefers, targeting, cleared the way to choose, determined <laughs> to, fixated on, no plans to pass on, are on, has a laser on, unlikely to resist, enamored with, and the Celtics tantalized by. I love this because Woj is completely secure knowing that ESPN had just signed him to a multi-year contract. So what the hell are they going to do? Suspend him in July when free agency is hitting and he's their newsbreaker? No. So he's basically like, hey, fuck you, middle finger emojis. I'm just going to be breaking this news anyway. Stop me. That I well, love that. It's awesome. It was awesome. And I, it's also like the whole Shams thing uh, weighs into it because at first – it came out that ESPN wasn't doing it, and it was also reported that Yahoo wasn't going to do it. And then, like, three hours before the draft, Shams tweets that it's going to be um, eight and then Bagley. And then, like, a half hour later, Woj gives the first six picks of the draft. <laughs> and then it just 
it turned into a complete just, game between them. Shams like even got in on it too. Um, he definitely didn't have as good phrasing or as good of a thesaurus as uh, as Woj did, but it was fantastic. This was the first draft where I didn't watch any of the actual televised coverage, and I don't think I missed a thing. I'm like, like you're just gonna get like terrible uh, comparisons on and like some highlight videos, but like this is a this is the draft is an NBA Twitter event, and so I was just following along with Twitter, and I feel like I, it was the most enjoyable draft I've had in a while. Yeah, no, this has been so much fun because of Woj just quote unquote, I guess, skirting the the picks that he could go into the office and be like, I didn't say they were gonna pick, I just said they were tantalized by the pick, and basically he's just saying, hey, fuck you. Uh, and then and then basically my favorite part of all of that was when Sham started using the same terminology. Everybody wants to make it like Shams and Woj are like fighting each other, like. Woj brought Shams onto Yahoo. Yeah. Like they're buddies, they're friends. And I, I just think that they were like, Shams was like, all right, fine. I'll play along with this game. And they started using the same words. Like that was just, everybody's in on the joke. Like that was, that was to me the most fun. Uh, I, I will say that uh, my, my guy, the guy that the locked on Celtics podcast selected in the locked on mock draft, Kyrie Thomas is actually going to, the Pistons, uh, he was selected by, I think, Philly and then went to the Pistons as we were talking. And so uh, I think Tom Westerholm said congratulations on reacquiring Avery Bradley. So that's, uh, that's a fun little thing over there. So, what did you think about the, uh, the Doncic trade between the Mavericks and the Hawks? You know, it's hard to say at the top what, what's really going to happen. There are a lot of people – who really, really believe in Doncic? This could be, it could be, a generational mistake by three teams. You've got the Suns, and and Aiton's probably going to be a very good offensive player. There's a real question about defensively what he's going to be, but and best believe Joel Embiid tweeted about it. <laughs> of course, of course. So um, the Kings could have made a grave error. I don't know what Bagley. The Kings' be. reasoning kind of made sense to me in that, like, they are really trying to build around De'Aaron Fox and put De'Aaron, like the ball in De'Aaron Fox's hands. I mean, I sure. I guess that made sense. Like, at least they had some logic going into it. But you're right. I was yeah. I was surprised to see the Hawks do it as well. Just and. What they get it? It was a, uh, a top five protected um, pick. Yeah, they got, from the they got Miami's pick. They 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 got the Mavericks pick, and then they got Miami's pick. I think. Um, but I, I I don't know. I really don't know. Like I've seen Doncic play. I've seen Doncic be very good in the Euro League. Um, it may not translate. It's very, it's almost impossible to say at this point, while the second round of the draft is still going on, what these guys are going to be. How well, no, I, I'm going to need you to give an immediate grade for the Mavericks draft. A plus. So, oh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> so, but if if Doncic become if he really becomes that top notch player, like all of the people who know European basketball. Or look at him and be like, wow, he's really, really good. Like Rudy Gobert 
came out immediately after that trade and was like, the Mavs did a great job. People don't know how good this guy is. Like, the people who are focused on European basketball do not understand how Doncic didn't go one or two. I, I feel like my initial reaction is the Kings, because they are the Kings, probably made a gigantic mistake because I'm just inclined to believe the Kings are making gigantic mistakes. The and best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. And all the Kings do in the draft is make gigantic mistakes. Yeah. So I would agree with you there. This, and the Celtics have their pick next year. So that's fantastic to hear. I and Perfect. I love it. Like this is great because I think what this draft and, and tell me if you disagree. I think what this draft shows is, the Celtics didn't go crazy trying to move up. There was zero inclination at all uh, during the draft that the Celtics were trying to move up. They weren't trying to float Rozier in 27 to move up to whatever. Uh, it turns out they didn't need to, but they they didn't go crazy trying to move up. There's no kind of, I think, um, effort by the Celtics to to make moves that are precursors to big trades. I feel like selecting Williams at 27 is at least a little bit of an indicator that they are going to just kind of roll with what they have. Team do nothing. Hashtag team do nothing. I, it's I, fantastic. And I like it. I like this because then they go into next year's draft. They've got a ton of picks, which they can, they can, package and move they have options and going into this draft my my thought process was if they were completely committed to Marcus Smart they were going to do everything they could to move Rozier because they just knew that they weren't going to keep Rozier so they will just package him somehow and get value for him I think because they didn't do that I I I want to say it's at least a little bit of an indicator that the Celtics are open to trade deadline or prior to pre tra trade deadline moves that could include Marcus Smart. You keep Rozier around in case maybe maybe they think the Spurs and Kawhi just wanted to wait and they'll go into August or into December after free agents can be traded. The, the, the free agents that are signed in J July can be traded and they, they'll just kind of say, all right, let's see what, if Kawhi's available or they go to the trade deadline and see what, what's available there. Um, so I don't even think they're, they're like looking to do moves. If they, I think they are like, my thinking right now is that all the rumors that we heard uh, about the Celtics wanting to move up, I don't think those come from the Celtics. Cause if I'm another team and I'm trying to get more out of other teams, of course, I'm going to leak sure. that the Celtics are in the thing because they have the one. They are the team with the most assets, and if you, it's out there that they're looking around, you might want to like up your offer. But if you if they bring back um, Smart and bring uh, and keep Rozier, uh, they've said they're willing to spend money. But if you just think about it, their bench, just their bench, would be Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, uh, Marcus Morris, Daniel Tice, Aaron Baines. Um, then Bob Williams, then Semi Ojale, like it's insanely deep. I just I don't know why they would be motivated to really make a move at all at this point. They have yet to see how they're like the the starting five that we've we've visioned for so long 
really works together. So I, I think the first, like, at least quarter or half of the season is really going to be, let's figure out the, like, the starting lineup of Kyrie, Jalen, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford, and before trying to make any sort of moves, because they really don't know. I think they have ideas of what they have, and they think they, they know that the team is extremely talented, but they really don't know how exactly it's going to work. So I was in, that's why I've been on hashtag team do nothing for a while, just because I still just want to see what they already have. I don't, there's no rush to make a move. They, they're bringing back Gordon Hayward, the guy they spent a max contract on last year. Like there's, I just, there's no motivation there. Like, yes, Kawhi is fantastic. He's a top five player in the league, but they have an extremely talented team, an extremely deep team, and we really haven't seen it on the court. So I just don't see why they would be super motivated to do anything. No, I agree. And here, here's the thing with the Celtics. When you talk about uh, the contender, are, are, are they a contender? What do they face? All right, they face got a team like Philly and Toronto to get out of the East and obviously the Warriors and wherever LeBron goes. They've got a starting five that can hang. What they have right now that other contending teams uh, outside of, I will say, Toronto immediately that comes to mind, depending on what, what moves get made in July, they have a deep bench. And when it comes time to face these big contending teams, the Celtics have bench players that can come in and produce. And that, that's a big deal. And if- it's, it's Brad Stevens has options. Like he has so many different maneuvers, which he can do in so many different lineups. And that's why like bringing it back to Bob Williams, he hasn't like – he has the kind of the, the stretch big in Daniel Tice to come off the bench if he wants to go five out. He has the defensive big in um, Robert Williams, like the super bouncy one. He just has the sturdy like defender in a five in Aaron Baines, who apparently can shoot corner threes now, too. He has Shemi Ojale, who is just like a, a very, very solid defender and can slow someone down like Giannis or Ben Simmons or LeBron James. And so to have that elite talent in the starting lineup and then basically have a Swiss Army knife off the bench where Brad Stevens can do – Whatever is needed based on the matchup, I think that you, as a Celtics fan, you have to be just like watering at the mouth going into next season. So, all right. I think this is a good place to just take a break, calm down, and um, understand that the Celtics have made a tremendous selection at 27 in the draft. When you look at the way this draft has gone, uh, there are some potential reaches in this draft and for Williams to fall all the way down to the bottom and have to have a guy like him under your control. Uh, that that's amazing for at, at the 27 pick that salary. That's, that's amazing. Oh yeah. The team control for the next at least five years with that salary slot is fantastic, especially given how many, how much they're going to have to spend potentially on smarts, potentially on Tito, potentially on Kyrie. Having a cheap guy under team control is, is amazing for the Celtics. And that's another reason why trading up didn't really make sense because they didn't have enough cap room to like draft another, a guy in like a, a top five uh, salary slot. So at 27, the slot is 1.3. We'll call it 1.4 million. And it'll go up to like 1.5 or so when it, when it, 
you factor in the, the teams can go to 15% over. Um, so the Celtics have basically three years of Williams at less than $2 million. If he can turn into an impactful player in year two or three at that money, that's crazy. That's crazy. That For the Celtics, with their, their tax line and, and all of the money that they're paying out, to have a potentially impactful player, a big, that's a Clint Capella comparison, to, to have him under your control for $2 million or less for three years, that's basically highway robbery. That's so, uh, again, all right, let me, let me just stop for a second because it's, it's possible that it doesn't work. It's possible that he's, it, it doesn't pan out and whatever. So that doesn't even matter. RJ Hunter didn't pan out. James Young didn't pan out. You can <laughs> right. like, it's not going to have a huge impact. Like, the Celtics are still going to be a very solid team if Robert, if Bob Bob uh, Williams has like yeah. played zero minutes in the NBA. Like it's it's such a high. There is no downside to this pick. Absolutely. That and I think that's the message. That's a great place to end this because there literally is no downside to this pick. If he sucks for some reason, if he just never gets that motivation, it doesn't matter. You cut him. The money is negligible. If he's awesome then you get an awesome player for $2 million or less. There's just no downside. Great way to put it, Sam Packard. We're going to leave it at that point. That's your draft analysis. Uh, An amazing draft for the Celtics with one pick at 27. Who saw this coming? So uh, amazing for for Boston, amazing for the fans. This is very good. Thank you, Riffsman, for posting this into existence. Praise be. Praise be to the Riffsman. All hail. (laughs) The Honorable Riffs Man. So if you are not a subscriber, if you're not a subscriber after all of this, Jesus. You're stupid. What, come on. Come on. I will channel Jay King and say you're stupid. This has been a great show. Subscribe. Oh, apparently today in Alston, uh, Jay King was walking around with Chris Forsberg, and one of our great fans leaned out the car window to tell him how much he loved the podcast. So uh, shout out to that guy. Shouts uh, to you, man. Whoever one for you spotting were. Jay King. Probably not that uh, too hard to spot with his uh, his luxurious hair. hair. Yeah. 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 But uh, appreciate Hey, if you want to cat call me in public about uh, how great the podcast is, by all means, yell at me all you want. I'm all for it. I'm here for that, too. Absolutely. But I think Jay, with his flowing locks, definitely easier to spot. Although we, I think we stand out. I definitely stand out. Spot my ears a mile away. But whatever. So it, it's all good enough to subscribe to the podcast. That's the bottom line here. Search for Locked On Celtics wherever you get your podcasts. If you're not a subscriber, do that. If you are a subscriber, this is a five-star podcast. Go rate us five stars on wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, I think it's called now. Google just launched its own podcast thing, Google Podcasts. So if you are in android google kind of slave like i am you'll probably kind of gravitate towards that rate us five stars on that give us a good review let everybody know because we need that notoriety we need to move up the rankings tell everybody to listen to the locked on celtics podcast here on the locked on podcast network Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter, so it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. 
Rejecting the Screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.